the function of a national library eighteen ninety seven by ainsworth rand spofford sixth librarian of congress this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox org the uses of a great national collection of books are so manifold and far-reaching that it is difficult to sum them up in any succinct statement the library at washington steadily growing for generations was founded primarily for the use and reference of congress as the library of our national legislature whose responsible labors cover the wide field of domestic welfare and foreign relations it should contain all that can contribute to their service and information this being its primary function and a great and comprehensive library having been thus gathered a far wider field of usefulness is found in opening its treasures freely to the public gathered as it has been by appropriations of public money supplemented for more than a quarter of a century by the steady acquisitions coming in under copyright law it has become to a degree the representative of american science and the conservatory of the nation's literature as the only government library of comprehensive range every year of its existence should be marked by incessant progress toward completeness in every department in the new and splendid home for the nation's books provided by the far-sighted liberality of congress readers whose pursuits are endlessly varied should be assured of finding the best literature of all lands it is a fact pregnant with meaning that the nations which possess the most extensive libraries maintain the foremost rank in civilization the universality of its range and of its usefulness should not lead any to overlook the fact that it is first of all the library of congress here at the political capital of the country the senators and representatives who are responsible for the legislation of seventy millions of people are assembled in dealing with the wide range of interests involved there is almost no knowledge which may not at some time be wanted or which can come amiss here are settled or modified the principles of the internal economy and foreign policy of the nation here resort the innumerable promoters of local or individual or corporate or state or territorial or national or foreign interests all of whose propositions are to be examined weighed and brought to the test of reason precedent justice and facts of record here are apportioned those expenditures of public money which carry on the government and tend to the development of the country here questions of internal revenue and tariff taxation public land policy the pension system patents copyrights postal service agriculture education indian policy internal commerce immigration and naturalization the fisheries merchant shipping the army the navy the coast survey the civil service the public debt the whole financial system and the people's measure of value are discussed and settled in the vast and complicated system involved in a government so complex as the american where state rights and federal supremacy are constantly brought in question congress and its committees are taxed with responsibilities which demand the widest political historical and judicial knowledge 
only a library of completely encyclopedic range filled with books and periodicals which illustrate every subject and throw light upon the history and policy of every nation is adequate to equip them for their work in like manner the supreme court and other courts of the united states established at the seat of government the interstate commerce commission and the tribunals frequently created to consider and report upon questions of national or international importance require and receive the constant aid of the rich assemblage of authorities here gathered it was found that more than two-thirds of the books relating to venezuela and its border countries of south america needed for reference by the venezuelan commission were in the library of congress not less important and valuable is the service rendered by this library to all the departments and bureaus of the government questions frequently arise requiring investigations so broad and extensive as to overtax the stores of even the largest library to supply all the information sought for to a national library which is in some degree the intellectual centre of a great capital resort numberless seekers after books and information here is found the busy journalist turning over files of forgotten but carefully preserved newspapers to ascertain or to verify facts dates or opinions here the senator or representative seeks and finds precedents and illustrations authorities and legal decisions parliamentary history and the experience of nations to embody in his reports or apt citations and poetic gems to adorn his speeches hither come the students of history american and foreign assured of finding the chronicles that illustrate every period early or recent in whatever language here are found devotees of art studying the manuals or the histories of painting and sculpture or the engraved galleries of europe for examples of the beautiful Hither come the architect, the mechanic, and the engineer, in search of designs, of models, or of patents, or of some book which contains the last word in electrical science. Here, too, come professional men of every class, lawyers after leading cases, clergymen investigating commentaries or religious homilies, physicians reading medical or surgical or hygienic treatises, teachers and professors striving to add to their learning the readers in the wide and attractive fields of literature are still more numerous than those who pursue the graver walks of science here the vast number and variety of works of fiction have their full quota of absorbed readers the enthusiasts of poetry and drama follow close upon and the student of biography finds no end of memoirs that are equally full of entertainment and instruction essays and criticism enlist the attention of many while many more find their delight in perusal of voyages and travels here the eager student of metaphysics or moral science feeds his intellect upon the great masters of human thought and the man ambitious of great reforms busies himself over the books on social science here comes the student of natural science in quest of botany zoology or the other kingdoms of nature and the politician searches after the arguments and the history of parties 
here the zealous grubber after facts of genealogy burrows among endless tables of family births deaths and marriages and the ever-present investigator of heraldry traces the blazonry of crests and coats of arms here frequent the feminine searchers after costumes fanciful or historical and here the lovers of music resort to feed their sense of harmony upon the scores of the great composers the student of oratory revels in the masterpieces of ancient or modern eloquence and the lover of classic lore luxuriates in the pages of greek or roman poets philosophers or historians the law of nations that undiscoverable science engages the baffled researchers of some while many others pursue through a world of controversial writings the knotty problems of finance some readers visit the library for prolonged and serious and fruitful investigation others for only momentary purposes to verify a quotation or to settle a wager about the origin the meaning or the orthography of a word many books have been written and many more have been edited or corrected by the aid of the copious stores of every great library to respond adequately to all these and countless more demands upon its intellectual resources a national library must clearly be one of universal range this comprehensive aim for the national library will appear still more important when it is considered that it is in effect the only really representative library of the nation not that other collections and many of them let us hope are not equally far-reaching in their scope and their aim at completeness but the government library being the only one endowed with the full copyright production of the country its laws of growth is necessarily in advance of that of other collections however well endowed provided only that adequate care be taken by congress for its proper increase in other directions the copyright law brings into it year by year virtually the entire intellectual product of the nation so far as protected by copyright as well as a steadily increasing share since the extension of the area of copyright protection through the international provisions of the act of eighteen ninety one of the works of foreign authors thus the national library acquires a great store of publications which the other libraries do without from lack of means or of room or of disposition to purchase it is easy to say that the greater part of the books and periodicals thus acquired are trash but it is to be considered that very substantial reasons can be urged why one library should preserve the entire product of the american press irrespective of intrinsic value first every nation should have at its capital city all the books that its authors have produced in perpetual evidence of its literary history and progress or retrogression as the case may be secondly this complete assemblage of our literature in the library of the government that is of the whole people is an inestimable boon to authors and publishers many of whose books after years have elapsed may owe to such a collection their sole chance of preservation thirdly it is a most valuable aid to would-be writers to have access to all the works that have been published in the special fields they seek to cultivate fourthly one comprehensive library inclusive and not exclusive should exist because all other libraries must be in a greater or lesser degree exclusive fifthly 
all american books should be preserved as models even if many of them are models to be avoided one learns as much frequently from the failures of others as from their successes sixthly it is already provided by law and very wisely that all copyright publications of whatever character shall be deposited in the library of congress and the nation is as much bound to conserve these things in evidence of copyright as to preserve the models in the patent office in evidence of patent right seventhly there is no standard of selection or of exclusion that could be adopted which would stand against the fact of the endlessly varying judgments of different men or even of the same men at different periods what is pronounced trash to-day may have an unexpected value hereafter and the unconsidered trifles of the press of the nineteenth century may prove highly curious and interesting to the twentieth as examples of what the ancestors of the men of that day wrote and thought about of course it should be one of the foremost aims of our national library to secure all books pamphlets maps and periodicals relating to our own country everything that can illustrate the discovery settlement history biography natural history or resources of america should be gathered the already rich collection of americana comprises a large share of the earlier works respecting america nearly all of which are now rare as well as of the early printed books of the various american presses and many published in places where no books are now printed assiduous pains have been taken to increase these collections from auctions and from sale catalogues in this country and in europe another function of the library of the nation is to furnish a repository for special collections of books manuscripts and memorials which may be dedicated by their donors to public use now for the first time the government of the united states is placed in a position where it can receive and preserve in a fitting manner in a noble fireproof edifice of ample proportions such gifts of private libraries etc as any of its citizens may present one such donation from a public-spirited citizen of washington the late dr j m toner has already been presented and accepted by congress it is to be expected that the example will be followed by other collectors of private libraries who feel a natural reluctance that their collections of special value costing years of time and much money to assemble should be scattered abroad after they have ceased to enjoy them leaving no memorial behind in this connection it should be noted that the national library furnishes the most obvious and appropriate repository for special collections of manuscripts when organized into departments the systematic collection arrangement and preservation of manuscripts with calendars both alphabetical and chronological open to public use will form one of the cardinal objects to be kept in view this too long-neglected field though zealously cultivated by the leading historical societies of the country has had no proper recognition at the hands of the american government while the manuscript papers of four american presidents have been purchased because offered to congress by their heirs no attempt to obtain and preserve those of the other presidents has been made nor has any fund been demoted by congress to secure the papers of other public men 
all the principal nations of europe and even the dominion of canada have an archivist or custodian of manuscripts responsible for keeping indexing and increasing these collections whose importance as original documents illustrating the history and biography of the nation can hardly be overrated to avail of all opportunities offered for securing such manuscript collections and to seek out others thus preserving for posterity unique and valuable historical materials which would otherwise remain in private hands subject to constant diminution or destruction should be one cardinal function of the national library many such would be freely given by their owners if assured of permanent care and preservation in that institution the acquisition and preservation of pamphlet and periodical literature should be sedulously cultivated by national libraries no fact is more familiar to students than the rapid disappearance of these ephemeral but often valuable publications the chances of procuring any desired pamphlet a few months after its publication are incalculably smaller than those of securing copies of any book hence the importance of adding them to the one representative library of the nation while they are yet fresh and procurable as this species of literature is seldom protected by copyright the greater portion of the pamphlets of any period must remain unrepresented in the government library unless their authors will take the trouble by wise forethought to send copies of their productions to washington of the great value of pamphlets as exponents of the thought of the time and the questions which agitate the public mind expressed frequently in condensed and forcible style there can be no question of the periodical literature in its vast extent and variety now including in the united states alone more than twenty thousand different publications a national library should acquire and preserve the more important portions these in the absence of any possibility of providing room for all may be held to embrace one all american reviews and magazines with a selection of the leading english and european ones two the daily newspapers of the larger cities of the country and a few at least of the principal journals of england and the continent not forgetting the american republics and canada three two at least of the most widely circulated journals of each state and territory in the union representing each political party this has been the established policy of the library for thirty years past and the bound files of these periodicals constitute one of the most largely used portions of the library only by keeping up full sets of the notable serials whether literary political religious historical scientific legal medical technical agricultural economic etc can the library answer the just demands of the national legislature and of the public in whatever direction american libraries may be inferior to those of other and older nations they are at least in the larger collections well equipped with the literature of periodicals the materials thus furnished to the politician the historical writer or the student of literature are of great and incalculable value a national library is not for one generation alone but for all time 
so much the more important is its function of handing down to the readers and students of the future a full and authentic mirror of each age in its progressive growth to be found most vividly in the pages of the daily and weekly journals and the magazines and reviews of every class these periodicals furnish the best impress of the times which can be derived from any single source stored up in a permanent fireproof repository they are ever ready to be drawn upon by those who know how to use them one little known and imperfectly understood function of the national library is to furnish evidence of literary property to all who are interested in copyrights this is rendered possible through the removal to washington by the copyright act of eighteen seventy of all original records of copyright previously scattered in more than forty different offices throughout the various states the registry of copyrights having been transferred to the librarian of congress at the same time and continued ever since it is easy to follow out the record of any individual copyright and thus to trace questions concerning literary property for more than a century this facility is of great value to publishers and authors in the various negotiations constantly being made in questions of renewal of the terms of copyrights expiring or in suits at law seeking to establish or to invalidate copyrights by litigation or to prevent infringement incident to this it is a part of the function of the library to produce any copyright book or other publication in its possession for inspection by whomever it may concern an incidental benefit of the library is found in its rich accumulation of works of the fine arts these include besides the multitude of illustrations and galleries to be found in books hundreds of thousands of examples of graphic art many of them costly and valuable acquired by copyright arranged in classes in the spacious art gallery provided they form a most instructive and entertaining exhibit of the progress of the arts of design of the numerous and beautiful works of art embraced in the decoration of the library building full account is taken elsewhere in the present volume suffice it to say here that readers and frequenters of the library who are surrounded with such architectural and artistic attractions will find rich suggestions on every hand as they pursue their several aims what more inspiring adjuncts to study or contemplation can exist than the sumptuous marble arches the statues of illustrious authors the graphic paintings and sculptured emblems illustrative of science literature and art and the many inscriptions drawn from the writings of the great scholars of the world the stately library building with its precious contents thus contributes not only to the public intelligence but also to elevate and to refine the public taste while every consideration favors the most liberal hours of frequentation and use of the collection it is manifestly not a proper function of a national library to furnish a circulating library for the people of the city in which it is located all experience proves that a great library of reference cannot be made a library of general circulation without destroying its function as a reference library every frequenter of the national library has a right to expect that the books it contains will be found when called for 
this is impossible if a large portion of them are out in circulation nor can this be met by the claim that duplicates would enable the library to loan freely there are no more than enough duplicates to meet the uses of members of congress who have the legal privilege of drawing books moreover the few who would be convenienced by the loaning out of the books would be favored only to the inconvenience of the many who would find very many of them continually absent from the shelves the greatest good of the greatest number would thus be unjustly sacrificed the suggestion has been made that one of the two copies of books received by copyright might be utilized for the purposes of circulation this is conclusively met by the fact that the copyright deposits are a trust under the law like the models in the patent office and while one copy may properly be kept in the library for the use of congress and for public reference the other should be sedulously preserved in the copyright archives all comers however have free enjoyment of the benefits of this great library within its attractive walls and are welcomed by its liberal management to share its literary scientific and artistic treasures end of the function of a national library eighteen ninety seven by ainsworth rand spofford sixth librarian of congress recording by david wales